Is eating plastic the solution to our plastic problem? I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto, and this is The Science Briefing, a podcast about the science of everything. Most plastics take hundreds of years to break down in the earth, if they break down at all. We recycle what we can, making reusable drink bottles and shopping bags, but also building materials, furniture, and clothes. But the amount of plastic we actually recycle is super low. Globally, it's about 10%. So some scientists are getting creative and coming up with other solutions, like digesting plastic. In this episode, you'll hear who, or more accurately, what can digest plastic, how it's possible, and whether it'll help our plastic problem. Okay, Ellen, let's paint a broader picture of the plastic pollution problem in 2022. How much plastic are we currently producing across the globe? So it shouldn't surprise you to know that we're producing a ridiculous amount of plastic and that amount is increasing every year. Ellen Fidian is a science journalist for Cosmos magazine. According to the United Nations Environment Program, we're producing about 400 million tonnes of plastic each year around the globe but the UN's actually forecasting that we could be producing more than double the amount of today's plastic every year by 2050. So by 2050, there could be 1.1 billion tonnes of plastic being made every year. Obviously, part of the solution is addressing how much we produce and making less. We also need to figure out what we're going to do with all of the plastic that's already on the planet. So scientists are interested in figuring out ways we can process this ludicrous amount of plastic that we've been making. So this brings us to something a little bit weird. Uh, There's quite a bit of research going into digesting plastics now. Digesting plastics, as in literally eating plastic? Yeah, it sounds weird, but there are some species that can actually digest plastic. So one research project in Australia is actually looking at a certain species which can eat polystyrene. It's a hard, solid plastic. It's used in food packaging a lot. Polystyrene foam is very common. It's very, very difficult to recycle on its own. Humans obviously can't digest it, but this project is looking at a species that can eat it. Okay, I have a bunch of questions here, (laughs) but let's start by talking about this species What can you tell us about it? So this project is looking at the larvae of a beetle species. It's the larvae of a species of darkling beetle. These are these little black beetles that live all around the world. This specific species is from South America. The larvae of these beetles are really quite big. They can be up to five centimetres long, which is pretty big for a bug larvae. And as such, they've been given this really great nickname. They're called superworms. So... We know that there have been other reports of beetle larvae eating things like polystyrene or other plastics as well. The waxworm and the common mealworm both have larvae that eat plastic. So in this project, the researchers were thinking that these darkling beetle larvae are bigger than other species. So they've got bigger stomachs and they eat more. And so they wanted to test out if these larvae could do the same and eat polystyrene. Right, so these researchers have these superworms What did they do with them? They conducted an experiment where they got these superworms and divided them into three groups and fed each of those three groups on a different diet for three weeks. One group was reared on bran, one group was reared on polystyrene, and one group had nothing at all. When they collected the superworms up at the end, they found the superworms that ate nothing, unsurprisingly, didn't gain any weight at all. 
the ones that ate the bran gained the most weight. But interestingly, the superworms that were reared on polystyrene actually gained a little bit of weight. So by gaining a little bit of weight, what does that mean? It means that they can digest polystyrene and break it down and turn it into energy and survive. So I spoke to one of the researchers on the project, a guy called Chris Rink, who's a researcher at the University of Queensland, and he had this really interesting comment. He said the superworms were kind of like these mini recycling plants. So the worm actually like chews the plastic and shreds it and then feeds it to the bacteria. So they're shredding the polystyrene with their mouths and then the polystyrene goes down to their gut and it's actually broken down there by bacteria in their guts. And this is then what the microbes in the gut can actually use to degrade the polystyrene. So it's the bacteria that's breaking down the plastic. Yes. So basically the superworm chomps the plastic up into small bits, which is what allows the bacteria to then break it down. So you couldn't just take the bacteria from the guts of these superworms and then blob it onto polystyrene and let it go. It's got to be chomped up first. But the researchers wanted to go a bit further. So they were interested in figuring out exactly what was breaking down those plastics inside the bacteria. Particularly, they were looking for enzymes that were breaking it down. What is an enzyme? So enzymes are proteins that appear in all sorts of living things. We've got them, bacteria has them, and they can do a lot of things. And one of those things is digestion. The researchers were particularly interested in finding the microbial enzymes in these superworm guts that could break down polystyrene. And when they did that, they actually identified a number of different enzymes that could break down polystyrene in the superworm's gut. Ellen, this seems a little wild to me that a beetle larvae can break down a material like polystyrene. I mean, I feel like all I hear about plastics is that they take hundreds of years to break down in the earth, or sometimes they don't break down at all. Yeah, it's it's really fascinating. And I think it's another example of nature being just so much better at doing this than we are. Obviously, plastic is a new thing. That's why it doesn't break down in nature. Um, and yet, Our attempts to break it down over a period of at least 50 years are basically on par with bacteria who've only fairly recently evolved to do this in a much shorter period of time. There are other species that can do similar things. Some Spanish research about five years ago found two species of caterpillar, so butterfly larvae, that could digest polyethylene which is also called PET. PET bags are often used as shopping bags. It's also sort of what you put your vegetables in when you go to the supermarket. Some German research has shown that certain microbes, when grown on PET, can break it down into less environmentally damaging matter as well. So there are a range of species that can break down plastics in some way, and and that means that there is potential to use what these superworms are doing on a larger scale. So Ellen, this is a small-scale experiment with the superworms, and plastic is a global issue. Realistically, what are the potential applications here? What scale are we looking at when it comes to how superworms and possibly other species could help us address our global plastic problem? So we're still definitely a few years off this, but the next step for Chris Rink and his research team is to look at how they can mimic what's going on with the bacteria in the gut of these superworms and recreate that process in a lab. What we want to do next is we actually want to get those enzymes and really you know, express them in the lab and characterize them in more detail, those microbial enzymes. So they want to get a better idea of what conditions the bacteria will work under, how efficient they are, which enzymes work better at breaking down polystyrene if there are some enzymes that work best. 
From there, they'll be able to start upscaling the process. And there are a range of things they can do from there. Um, Rink says that it's very early days, but ultimately what he's thinking about is a recycling plant that could break down the plastic. He says you could have a mechanical grinder that would break down the polystyrene and then you could put it into a container that was filled with the enzymes that can then break it down. So I think that's, that's how I envision it. That's the better way to scale the whole process. So these are really big picture ideas. Getting these things up and running are going to take a lot of time and money. But it is a really promising find. And these superworms show that there's a lot of really creative and interesting research going on to address the problem of plastic pollution. So while it's not the only solution, it is one of the things we can add to our arsenal. Ellen Fidian is a science journalist for Cosmos magazine. You can read more of Ellen's reporting at cosmosmagazine.com, including the article this episode was based on. That article is called Insects Called Superworms That Can Eat Through Polystyrene Plastic Waste. The science briefing is produced by Listener and the Royal Institution of Australia. This episode was produced by Jake Morecambe. Our executive producer is Melanie Withnall. I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto. Catch you next time. Thank you.